Welcome back to Open Mics on the Two Track Mind podcast feed. I'm Liam Toms and I'm here with... Edward Crawley. Who's remembered his name today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't share this, but looking over his notes from the, uh, the last recording, he'd actually written, welcome, and Edward Crawley. No, no, no. I wrote that while we were trying to record. I think you just misread it. I didn't misread it. It was your name. <laughs> I know what happened. Look, sometimes uh, with age, you become a bit senile. Yeah. So I just have to remind myself. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I've never been more convinced that you might be part of some sort of witness protection act or something. But, you know, after 20 years, I think I might have stumbled across maybe your true identity by now. But well, why? Anyway. You, you haven't been searching for it. <laughs> You've got no reason to believe that. Uh, I, I might now. So if you're wondering if we sound a little bit different and, and why that might be, uh, we had a bit of drama when we went to record last weekend uh, in that our mixer, and I feel like this is a bit of bad karma, right? Going yeah. Back to us. Remember on the first episode of Open Mics when we were basically bragging about how good our deal was with the mics and the mix and all that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, with to- from Tony. Oh, that was his name, was it? Oh, I, I think remember. it was Tony, yeah. Uh, Christian man, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. No, no, no. Let's not blame the equipment. The equipment would still work on an older operating system. You're right. It was my fault. I updated the uh, the Mac OS, and uh, yeah, with that, our uh, mixer stopped working. So, if anyone would like a mixer, please yeah. feel free to make an offer. If recorded you've got an first... older Mac or you've got Windows, yeah, recorded the first five or so episodes of. Uh, oh no, I think it's about three episodes of the show. So yeah, would would you sign it? I'll sign it. Might be a bit early for signing things. I but... did. Put, I did do a live today. On okay. the Two Track Mind Instagram. Really? I didn't see this. Yeah, well, your partner was watching. Oh. Yeah, she watched. What time of day was this? Not not too... Uh, 5.30. Oh, she was seeing the other fella at that point. She wasn't with me. <laughs> oh, well, at least it's open. Um, no, I did a live and I did say that tonight we'll be testing out the new mixer. If you are on Instagram and you haven't found us yet, we are on Instagram, Two Track Mind. Pod. Pod. Yeah. Two Track Mind Pod on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way to get hold of us. I just wanted to make a note of this as well. If you've got any suggestions for stuff you'd like us to discuss in the open mics or potential episode suggestions, probably the easiest way is on the Two Track Mind Pod Instagram. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, speaking of my partner... Uh, she made a suggestion actually as I was on my if, way out If the this door. is the cat podcast, <laughs> Living with Colin again, which by the way, I'll just explain. Sam and Liam have two cats, Colin and Dave, and to test out the new mixer, they recorded a uh, a trailer or is it just an episode? Yeah, I mean it was just a mini episode. A mini episode of a new podcast you're coming to all good uh, podcast. A <laughs> uh, living with Colin where they discuss what Colin's up to. <laughs> if anyone wants it, we're thinking of setting up a Patreon page for uh, Two Track Mind. It'll uh, be a bonus on that. That I don't mind doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, her brilliant idea for a podcast. And I think we're getting to the point now where obviously we've um We've, we've pushed this upon our family and friends so much that they are starting to think that they have a right to uh, suggest episode ideas. I've had a few, but this is perhaps the most morbid. Uh, Sam said, why don't you do top five songs that you want at your funeral? Yeah, it's an odd one, that, because you could straight away go down the comedy route, couldn't you? Jamiroquai, Deeper Underground. Very good. Uh, ACDC, Highway to Hell. Uh, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. 
or you actually go for cr- like ones that you actually would have. Yeah. So yeah, that could be if you do it a, com- a comical way. Well, I've always had one song that, oh, what I've, is that it? I had in mind. Um, well, I don't want it now. I actually oh. came up with another idea. I think, you know, this was this is an idea I had probably about 15 years ago. Now, with Spotify and that, the, the way you can create playlists, I'm actually going to put together a club night for my uh, Oh, wake. my God. And I'm going to program all the tracks and maybe even, you know, insert some, you know, <laughs> little bits in between me talking. Enjoying that one? Are you having a good time? Rave on! <laughs> um... What do you think? I don't know how that would go down, to be honest. Well, it's just that, you know, I've done a couple of... Um... Who are you hoping is going to be there? Well, I don't know. It depends when I go, really. But I, I, yeah. I, well, mean, I, I might outlive you. I do more running. <laughs> they say that's good for you, don't they? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But then again, you know... I drink, I eat more custard creams than you, so that might be a, a downside. Well, let's both do this, and then, you know, at least one of us gets the benefit. Well, I know I've probably got the song. I don't know if I want to discuss it. No, no, save it. I think it'd be nicer if it's a surprise. So, no, we're not doing that episode. We're not doing uh, All right. top five. Few well, no, I had, I, had, I had a suggestion. Songs you couldn't live without. If you were dead. No. <laughs> Well, no, they, no, they said songs you couldn't live without, and okay. a couple sprung to mind. That so it's kind of a desert island discs thing. Yeah, yeah. But Interestingly, my mum actually suggested something like this. She said, "Could you have people on to talk about their favourite songs in a kind of desert island disc style?" It's Mrs. T after a spot. Well, I didn't think that, but now I've just she said know it back we've got to the myself. new mixer, does she? <laughs> we've got four mic inputs, haven't we? Yeah, we could have both the parents. Uh, they've both listened to um, the top five venues episode this week. We could. I've, I've made a few points on stuff that's happened in the last few weeks. Okay. Aussie's just released a new single. Right. What I've written here is Aussie and Sharon. Yeah. Do you know what? I saw Sharon uh, in a poster for the Christmas Nativity or something. Like yeah. Like a live theatre show. She's actually in it, performing. Yeah. And they're all about bringing boots. back... Uh, the Osbournes or whatever it was called. Right, it wasn't called the Osmonds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I said Osborne. No, I didn't. I said Osmonds, didn't I? I'm thinking about bringing... Right. Is it At Home with the Osbournes or something? I can't remember now. Anyway, listen to the new single of his. It's not that bad. I'm, I'm a bit of a... When I, you know, when we used to go to the library, and this is grassing us up, uh, one of our many... Uh, uh, what... Uh, 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 what do you want to call Scams. it? Scams. Good one. That you could rent a CD from the library for a pound. And we literally would rent like 10 CDs. And obviously you had a CDR copier on your old, on your old windows. So we just used to copy CDs, didn't we? And just put them on. To, I remember going to Macro. 30 blank CDs in blank cases. And just drawing my own covers and stuff. And I remember I did it with Blizzard of Oz. Um, all of them basically that's the only album now I can remember I don't still have them I've been them (laughs) should recycle I quite like Ozzy I don't mind him I do feel like is Sharon keeping him in work though bit of a slave driver yeah for the money Mm. she likes a bit of mink or whatever it is that fur I don't think she'd be one of those people who was naked saying oh fur's bad for you I think she'd be give me more fair Aussie yeah. she's too busy shitting Sharon! in boxes and sending it to the neighbours <laughs> hey that was in one of the episodes wasn't it I, don't know. I, I know that she did it or supposedly did it anyway 
Um, I only wanted to briefly mention that Aussie was still going. He's touring again. I'm looking into right. like, the price of tickets. I thought you kind of called it a day after doing the uh, Black Sabbath run. Yeah, I'd much prefer him to be doing another Black Sabbath tour because that I would actually quite like to see. But he's headlining Download. Yeah. So he's still there, isn't he? He's still an icon. Well, did, it, uh, did Download at one point in its various guises. Was it Ozfest for a while? Ozfest was brought over to it, wasn't it? I okay. think they had a stage, maybe. Um, have you seen that? Talking of Fest, have you seen Knott's Fest? Slipknot are joining the cruise. I have not seen this. Yeah, so the, this ever... You've got the Salty Dog Cruise, which is flogging Molly. Um, Parahoy. Parahoy. Do they still Paranormal. do that? I don't know. But a lot of these bands seem to be doing cruises now for four days. And Slipknot now doing one. They've jumped on the bandwagon. Seems like a cool idea. If one went from Southampton... Hold on, there's some jokes here. Fisherman's knot is that that's a thing, isn't it? I've, well, the uh, knots on for tying boats yeah. and stuff, yeah, yeah. and the, the different types of knots you get on a that's what a I'm cleat thinking. or whatever they're called yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, slip knot. Yeah, there's a joke there. Someone else do it and send it in. Yeah, that's or don't. <laughs> We're not going to repeat it, are we? And a band, I've got another segue. <laughs> I've, I've just worked out a segue. Oh, perfect. And the only reason I'm doing all the talking at the moment is you've got some big stuff that you're going to have your own little section. And you, have, you. unless you've written the same notes as me. No, I haven't got Aussie on my notes. Uh, so someone who could be on the Slipknot cruise, Bring Me the Horizon. Oh. They've just done a song called Lupins, which is for a game. They join the bands doing a song for a game. It's like a Metal Gear Solid game. But that's not what I want to talk about. The song's pretty all right. You know, very progressive, like their sound seems to be, that changing with the song. But I read the interview with Ollie Sykes, and he was saying, he's, and I, I think it's a good point, that they're not really going to do the album format anymore. Yeah, a lot of bands say this and then go back on it. I'm thinking of Ash as one that said they would never do an album again. And so what, done do you remember since. what Tim Wheeler said? Yeah, they they weren't going to do another one. Uh, Twilights of the Innocents was going to be... I think that's what it's called. Uh, that was going to be their last. Uh, and then they did the singles, didn't they? The A to Z. Yeah, yeah. 26 which... singles. Uh, but then in 2015, they did uh, Kablamo. Um, and just last year, they did Islands. So they've done two albums. And Islands is great. Yeah. Both, great album. both the last two albums have been very good. So I'm kind of glad they did more. But yeah, this is what... I've, I think probably bands get tired of the... The cycle of recording the album, touring for two years, recording the album, touring for two years, and the kind of repetition of that. And I can see why uh, in this age of you can just put a song out there on Spotify, if you've got an audience like someone like Ash or you know, Bring Me the Horizon have, uh, that they don't need that whole album campaign. They can just put songs out as and when they've got them. Yeah, so what he said in the, the sentence I've pulled out for it is they're going to do it, like four track EPs or something where they play all four tracks live. He said, you work so hard to make 10 or 12 track albums and nine of them never get played live. So what's the point? That's, that, that, so that was his. There was more on a live thing. Um, he mentioned the cycle of recording and, you know, one of them's now got kids and he said it's going to be more difficult. But he said, we'd just like to put out songs which we know we will then play live. That's a really good point. And that's that. The, the 
bit before in the interview, I wasn't too fussed about. But when he said that, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because there's, you know, then fans, because I've got albums where I'll never hear some of my favourite songs live mm. because they weren't singles, they weren't B-sides. So I do like the idea of this four-track album and all four, you learn them, you love them, and you'll hear all four live. Mm. Um, I quite like the idea now that if you do an album, it should be like a complete body of work, like 12 tracks that have kind of a similar feel, vibe, uh, I don't know, an overarching, arching kind of um, uh, story or something, you know, yeah. like, more like a concept album or... Or, or just a theme that runs throughout it. Uh, I'm not fussed about just like a collection of just random songs, you know? It, I feel like an album needs to feel almost like a set does. Like yeah, it, yeah. It kinda, It's kind of got like a logical kind of flow through it. Rather and that than just, would be a cool Here's idea. a single, here's another one. Well, that's touching on Frank then. His new tour, although I'm sure it would involve some of the greatest hits, it is a No Man's Land tour, isn't it? where he's redone the songs and it's going to have an acoustic set and a full band set. Yeah. So that's sort of what he's done. He's, he's done a concept album and now he's doing a concept tour. Yeah. You know, it's quite a cool idea. I think when, you, when you're a band that gets to that point, and I mean, I don't, I don't, I've not followed Bring Me, so I don't know that much about how far they are in terms of how many albums they've done, but I guess they're at a point now where they probably don't need to do another album. I don't think they need to. They are unbelievably big. I can't, yeah. like, I can't believe how much everywhere as well well the thing that I never really appreciated as well and it is part of that cycle is that a touring agent is always going to want the band to have put something out yeah um, when they tour and it, I mean just doing four songs is it kind of that sort of warrants it doesn't it that, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah that's good enough four like, songs because you would you'd probably only get three or four from a new album excuse me in a set anyway yeah, yeah. so it makes perfect sense yeah, so do four songs, make them good, and, you know, Talk guarantee... hits, let's go. <laughs> I think what it also does as well is, like, if you're somebody who's dipped in and out of the band and you like the four new songs, uh, and then you see there's a tour coming up, if there's a guarantee they're going to play those four new songs, yeah. I'd, I think you'd be more inclined to go. Definitely. Whereas, like, you know, let's say... Um, I'm trying to think of an album, a random, that I've liked this year. Uh, the okay, this is a random one. The Planet Smashers, right? I really okay. like their new album. I was tempted to go and see them in London. I don't. I've never really followed them that much. Um, I looked at the set list that they are playing. Maybe one or two of the new album. So I'm looking at a long journey to go and see a band. Maybe play two songs off the album that I really like, the new one. Yeah. And then a whole load of back catalogue stuff that I have no <laughs> knowledge of at all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they might be onto something there. It's good. Yeah. Um. Other than that, you've got the Rage reunion. And is, this, is this confirmed, is it? I, I yeah, yeah, they've released I... tour dates. And two days after the news, Prophets of Rage, which was... The super group. They announced they'd split. So clearly it's... And they've released like five dates and they're headlining Coachella again, uh, which is just mad. I think, I think you said at the time when I WhatsApped you, seems like a, the right time. I definitely feel like they... And people saying it was a reunion. Well, actually, the last time they disappeared after the number one, the, the Christmas number one, which was like a decade ago. Yeah, now, 10 so. years ago this year, wasn't it? Um, it's They never actually said they were splitting again. They just said, oh, we're not... That's it for the time being. That's always my preference of a band. I, I don't like the whole big announcement. Even like when they say, oh, you know, 
for a few years, the in thing was like the indefinite hiatus, wasn't it? Yes, um, bullshit. I, I like it when a band just, you know, we're, we're not active at the moment. Yeah, and, uh, perfect. That, and that is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And then you always leave, you know. That said, I get why a band does do a farewell tour. Because I think if they are trying to drag people out that may not bother, uh, perhaps that is a incentive or encourages people to actually yeah do you think a farewell effort? tour and there'll be bands who have done it and it will be profitable for them and you can't deny them that because they might not do anything like that again hmm. but do you think a farewell tour is more for the the public or for the band if it's a long slog hmm. you've got to think it's more they want to get to everywhere they can to play for their fans I think it, a lot of the time for bands if they put a lot of effort in to build something up and they've probably toured various places I guess they want to I suppose it's like a closure thing isn't it really like if, if they go out and they do everywhere one last time it kind of shows them how much they achieved it's like a yeah like a victory well, lap funny enough I listened to a podcast the other day and they mentioned um, Hot Water Music when they split they split like three times for whatever reasons and the venues they were playing when they were fully touring in New York, when they came back, it was three times as big. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I get it. You know, that's hilarious, isn't it? it Just kinda, from going away for like three or four years, they came back to more fans. It kind of gives the band a bit of prestige, doesn't it? If it was well, the exclusivity thing, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you make something feel more rare, people want it more. Well, yeah, but um, it was the same with the movie life. They came back and the first tour back, they toured bigger venues than they ever had in the previous part of their career. Yeah. Um, I wonder at what point uh, a lot of these bands that are, are doing this kind of like repetitive cycle where they go, time to uh, to go into hibernation for a few years. I'm sure it this is the point. This is the point now we're kind of like teetering on that edge where if we keep going now, we're going to run it into the ground. If we go out at this point where it may be just starting to dip a little bit, so we go out before it kind of really goes down the pan. Yeah. If we do that, give it four or five years, put so, our head above the parapet again, and maybe we'll play Ali Pali. So how do you feel about Feeder then? Who have barred the drummer, and that they've never really had a full-time drummer, so to speak, since John... Um, tragically took yeah, his own sure. life in what 2002 yeah around that time yeah um and i don't think they've ever had a full-blown full-time drummer they've had about three in that time yeah. haven't they there was a guy with curly hair i remember at one point quite a biggish chap well the fellow from uh skunk nancy was the uh was the drummer for probably about a decade wasn't it and was he yeah oh yeah, right mark richards that's richards, it mark richards he had i think he was the one with the long hair no he had short hair but i know which oh. one you mean yeah more recently there was another guy all oh, right anyway i digress but they have just solidly put out stuff. And I think to feed a fans, there were a couple of albums which weren't as strong. Personally, for me, I've always, I've, I can't say I dislike any of the albums, but, you know, I love the band. But they've just continuously ploughed on. But in the last two years, they've done sold out tours, yeah. sold out Brixton again. And I just think that's awesome. Because in 2003, they played Wembley. Not Stadium Arena, but 10,000 people. And you'd argue that was their biggest tour to date. What arena year was tour. that, sorry? At Wembley Which Arena. Which year? 2003, I think. Okay. Um, 
Oh, was it? It was the Comfort in Sound yeah, tour. Yeah, that would have been that time. Um, yeah, I think that was the London venue. Or they played the first half of the year, January, yeah. maybe small, and it was the latter, it was the second tour. I remember we saw them at the BIC. That's it. That tour, that, that was so it was, it was, they toured twice that year, once in January, because I was going to go to that, or Real Big Fish, I chose Real Big Fish. And then later on, we saw them at the BIC, didn't we? On like the 5th of December. Um, and that, that second tour, they toured Wembley, and they, I think they sold out that whole arena tour. And there was definitely a dip in venue sizes, where you could have caught them at, say, a smaller London venue for a period. Oh, I think we saw them at Southampton Uni. Yeah, we did. On one tour. But they've just Which stayed... Which was sold out, yeah. to be fair. Um, but that was a smaller... But they've just thing. stayed with it. They've never said... They they disappeared for a brief period where he did the solo album. Yeah, so that but was... Even on the, even to, the banter he was having, he was like, Feeder will be coming back. We're not yeah. gone. Don't worry. I guess it was between... 2012, which was Generation Freak Show, and 2016 was the album after that. That was, um, oh, I've forgotten what it's called now. Uh, All Bright Electric. Yeah. Is that the last one? Um, so, yeah, there was. that's probably the biggest gap they've had, and you're right, that's when he did the solo. But they never said we're splitting. No. They never said we're going away. They just have continuously done their business to how they want to do it. And I'd argue that this new album is... I know it's been released a while now, so we're not going to go back and... We might do a feeder episode one day. Um, but I'd argue that album is as good as Comfort and Sound. Yeah, I remember you saying when you first I, I think it, it's an awesome album. Very excited about it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Only enjoying it? <laughs> Your face says a different <laughs> thing there. A political way of putting it, I'm enjoying it. No, no, genuinely, I do like it. Um, I don't know whether I would be quite as... Uh, as complimentary as to say I like it as much as Comfort and oh, Sound. Whoa, 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 whoa. I said it. it's okay. as good as right, Comfort okay, and please. Sound is, for me, still my favourite feeder album. Uh, Fair enough. What's yours? Probably the best of feeder. <laughs> Should we leave it there? <laughs> Not the episode, because I've got what something. What else have you got? Um, who else have I got? Bring me... We'll do one of those. Who have you got on that list that we can offend? Come on. All right, Chris Martin <laughs> from Coldplay. That is his name, isn't it? Yeah, not Steve Martin. So Coldplay have come back with this, the idea for this double album, right. Sunset, Sun, Yeah, and Sunrise. I, and I quite like this, uh, this kind of, um, uh, this mad campaign they've been doing of releasing things in local newspapers. Yeah, and it's pretty cool, isn't yeah, it? I like that. That's the sort of thing that I would do if I was in their position. Yeah, and I, to argue, I think Parachutes was going to make it into one of my all-time favourite debut albums. It was in your uh, honorary mentions. Yeah, I love it. I'm not... Every other album, I'm not bothered. In fact, I suggested an episode, didn't I? A band where you only like one album. Mm. And I think I'd argue that Coldplay would be one of mine. But I still know the songs because they're readily available. The singles all over the place. And they've already released like three sort of singles that have had radio play. One of them is Everyday Life. Now, it's a proper Coldplay ballad, you know, Fix You, um, that sort of style. The lyrics are just awful. But because it's Chris Martin <laughs> singing them and it's got a bit of piano underneath it, it's honestly makes me want to tear up. Are you, do you like the song? Nah, I just, it's, unfortunately, it's just it's a classic Coldplay song. And I just was <laughs> sat there and it was like, oh, you know... 
some humdrum lyrics that he must have written on the back of a fucking napkin in a pub. Um, Coldplay does it for you though, doesn't it? Like he, it does. Uh, it has a oh. successful effect. Like when I remember, um, I know what you were going to say. <laughs> What, one word TV show what is it Derek yeah so I remember having a dispute about this a while ago when uh, Ricky chose to um, end I think it might have been the first series it yeah, was wasn't yeah, it yeah. with uh, with Fix You and I I wasn't happy with that you I've... said he should be championing and he, he should be in a man in his position <laughs> should be trying to find new music I did say to this. broadcast yeah that's the sort of pretentious thing I probably would have said and about I 10 said, years ago and I said he wanted people to cry it made me cry it did the job perfectly yeah, it took me out of it. Unfortunately, I just by that point it had been used way too much in things like X Factor and yeah, yeah. the Glastonbury coverage of sure. everyone lighters up and everything. Yeah. It's a sad song though. Sure, he hasn't tried. Let me put it this way: Coldplay haven't tried to recreate that with everyday life. I just think it's a very simplistic song, and I think because of the size they are now. They get away with it. Speaking of Ricky and Coldplay, one of my favourite Coldplay songs, and it is really a Coldplay song, is the one that Chris Martin wrote with him for the David Brent film, The Electricity. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, In fact, there's a lot of stuff on that David Brent album that is actually quite good. Yeah, yeah, I think I've I've got it on vinyl. Well, that's a nice little segue, because I spotted it in the rack earlier on. So let's have a little show and tell, shall we? Do you want to? Do you know what? I've never seen it. Grab Uh. it. You got this. Did you Switch get it at the you gig? Off, Mike. There you go. It's a double um, LP gatefold. <laughs> 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 the fucking photos in the centre. Oh, lovely! Yeah. <laughs> Look at that one. Old Stills lady from gypsy. The film. Brilliant. It's his face. Um, you got this at the show, didn't you? Yeah. That was that was three years ago now. When Brent did the tour. I'd argue it was longer, wasn't it? That was a very odd experience, wasn't it? Because it was Ricky in character as Brent playing the Bic. Yeah, that's when... the size he is, isn't it? Yeah. It's good. Shall I go through Native American? <laughs> Lonely Cowboy? Free Love Freeway, everyone will know of that because that's yeah, one classic. of his originals. But Life on the Road, that's a proper... tune. Yeah, it's a rock and roll song. That is like Slough. Slough's beautiful. <laughs> Slough, my favourite. I'm not as good a singer as he is. Um, What's the opening track on that one? Oh, la, la. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one. <laughs> Sold my shack in Memphis. Yeah. Bought me a Chevrolet. Go on. Fuck, I've just remembered we're still recording this. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. That's two open mics that I've uh, sung on now. And obviously, uh, one of my favourite songs is Please Don't Make Fun of the Disables. <laughs> Enough said. Is it, they're, they're all really good songs. They've got the drummer from Ray's Light on, who can oh, yeah, sing and produce and everything. You know, he had proper musicians playing in his backing band. Well, it's almost that time of year that I can uh, crack out my favourite Andy Burroughs project. Uh, the theme from the Snowman and the Snowdog, which I think is a great piece of music. Was that Burroughs, was it? Yeah. I can't remember the other guy, but uh, yeah, very good tune. Um, Sorry, we, <laughs> I'll tell you what, right? I think in the true spirit of the, the show over mics, we've bounced around quite a bit today. Well, I was going to mention the Creeper thing. They sort of talk about reunions. Okay, who's, who's Creeper for the sake of... Creeper are a... 
Oh, how do, I don't even know how they want to be known. They, when they came out, they were... Um, Goth rock. Yeah, kind of a misfits sort <laughs> Glam, of... Glam... Yeah, misfits is a perfect From way. Southampton. From right? Southampton. And they shot up. The guys used to be in another band, Our Time Down Here, which I loved, which was sort of like a punk, hardcore-esque band. You saw them yeah. support the Bouncing Souls, didn't you? Join us. That's a good question. But Creeper went on to do Warped. Uh, I think they, yeah, I think they did some dates on Warped. But they, they you know, they 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 headlined Southampton Guildhall, and albeit that's a local gig for them. But our local gigs were two fifty cap. That not uh, just to be clear, we didn't fill two fifty. Champions were sold out. One hundred and fifty. Champions was two fifty. Mm. Well, we won't know now because it's been redeveloped into flats. We played so, uh, uh, Fire Station. Yeah, we won't talk about the tenor of that one, though. No, no. Anyway, so th- they got pretty f- big, signed to, signed to Roadrunner. And then last year, uh, they played a show, uh, I want to say Coco in London. Camden. And they finished with a David Bowie, Bowie, however you say it, quote, which is basically what I, th- I think it's what he did as Ziggy Stardust at when he ended the Ziggy Stardust character. A bit like you did with Morrissey. Yeah. Whatever happens, please don't. Well, I changed it to us, but please don't forget me. I've just I've done I've tried to do a Bowie impression then <laughs> as Morrissey. That was fucking r- r- ludicrous. Anyway, we've established we're no good at impressions. No, not unless I'm given a few minutes to work on it. Off the cuff, I'm no good. Uh, once got a round of applause for a Kermit the Frog impression on the way to see <laughs> on the way to see Rancid. Very precise. Thank you for the extra detail there. You asked George, Greg, and who else went? I want to say Jono. Although I wouldn't pretend he's a Rancid fan now. Um, probably went off them. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh, and then no, nothing was heard from them for exactly a year, and they came back in a London sold-out show. They didn't announce it as Creeper. They just put an image up on the Creeper Instagram. They deleted all other photos, so one image was uploaded. Tickets on sale now, and it sold out, and they came back with a new song. The new song's quite good. Um, Interesting, like, to just disappear for a year, though, unless they disappeared and they've they've written the new album in that year and just not publicised the fact that what they're doing... I'd be really interested to know because it's an interesting. Thing, it's a so. long time for guys who are just signed to a major. I don't know if Roadrunner are a part of something bigger. Yeah, um, I think there's a, a bit of an emerging trend of not sharing the fact that you're working on new music because we talked about the Jimmy Eat World album, didn't we, last uh, time on the show, and uh, that pretty much came from nowhere and. It was the one single, and then pretty much in a month, boom, you got the album. Now, had they toured in that year, though? Uh, they did Slam Dunk? That was the year before. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. of course it was, because we were in, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just just quietly, you know, out of the way, and then suddenly, new album. And uh, Peter, Bjorn, and Jean have just done um, a similar thing. Out of the blue, got a new album. And, oh, right. And I don't know whether it's that they aren't publicising it, or that there's just so much noise online that I wasn't aware that they were doing it. Yeah. But I, I think it's, I guess maybe the novelty of, uh, you know, having 
smartphones and taking photos and videos and stuff in the studio all the time has probably worn off a lot of these bands. And maybe they just like making the music without that. Um, yeah, they they, they literally just went off the grid. They never replied to any of the comments or things that said, "What have you split? Have you split?" I don't think it was discussed. If people knew, oh, excuse me, if people knew, they kept it very hidden. They're clever because they've come back and they'll do big tour again. Probably those the venues that they'll be playing. I guess academy size now. I imagine they'll sell out. So it's clever. Someone. If they've come up with that themselves as a marketing thing, fair play. Or if there is someone who said, disappear. <laughs> Keep a low profile. Disappear. Go and to Botswana. Stay out of the way. Come back in a year, right? Maybe they've run into a bit of trouble. We'll give you 10 grand a piece to keep your mouth shut for a year. Look, you've pissed through a letterbox. Okay. It's in your local area. You know, Portswood is a rough area. You're going to have to keep a low profile for a year. Yeah. The basis was still on Instagram. Posting stuff, I believe. But nothing to do with Creeper. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Excellent. I've literally got one more point if you want to do Slam Dunk. Because they've just announced. Yeah, I think that's probably worth discussion. And then... uh, Imagine if we didn't get round to your massive news that I've just talked openly I don't know if it's massive, mate. Oh, it's pretty big. Okay. I'm so sorry if I've just waffled on and you feel like li- if you're a li- if you do have a, a if you've sided with one of us and you've got a favourite and it's Liam, I'm Where's so Liam's nose? I'm so sorry. Um, but you can talk. You can lead this one if you want. Slam Dunk was announced, wasn't it? It was. Uh, we had a few bands, what, about a month or so ago, and then like a, another wave come through. Um, yeah. It's, so I guess it's the same as they've done previous years, just slowly eping it out. But uh, this is the first year for a while we've gone, we'll get tickets from the off. Normally we wait until like the fourth uh, announcement. I don't know. I'm not convinced. Oh, shut up. I know you are. I'm not, I'm not sold. Uh, motion. What do you mean? Motion. Great. Well, I'll let, I'll let you make your case in a mo. Motion. Brilliant. And, you know, prime example, we're talking about bands that disappear for a bit and then come back and suddenly you're, you know, you're really eager to see them again. Uh, you know, Motion City Soundtrack is a prime example. Yeah. Um, but I'd much rather see them do a headline show than a festival set. Uh, I'm just too big a fan just to see seven or eight songs of, you know, the most obvious songs they're, they're going to play. They'll tour you, around you showed it. me the, uh, the the set of songs that they're working on, like rehearsing. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see some of those, you know. Um, They'll but play I'm, Cambridge, I'm, I'm, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bit of a drive, isn't it, Cambridge? I mean, Oxford's oh, closer. Oh, yeah. Very good. Um, that joke only works if they know who Motion City soundtrack Yeah, are. well, I think a lot of this podcast only works if you know who the bands are. Um, the rest of the bill come on then who am I buying tickets for Sum 41 seen them a couple of times haven't been big on the last couple of albums because they got more metal yeah oh Don Broco can do one Um, no effects yeah saw them last year yeah if you go back to the podcast we did about last year yeah yeah. all we did well we've deleted those episodes because they were poorly recorded (laughs) I'm just saying to you if you go back there's a record where we say we wish we'd gone somewhere else. Yeah, I won't be watching them. Billy Talent, not seen them in a good few okay. years now. And they're a good festival band. All right, Pennywise. Uh, <laughs> not overly bothered. They've got 
two songs. Okay. So right now we're hoping that Motion do a tour with Billy Tom. All right. Support. State champs, no. The used, oh, 100% going to see. Yep. We saw them, what, a few years ago. Brilliant. Uh, headline set and it was really good. Weird that he's sober now. Good on him. But I quite like a bit of a drunk. That's <laughs> uh, yep, why you're friends with me. The story so far, if they don't clash, I'll go and see them. Uh, Mayday Parade. We should state that this is all, uh, you know, personal opinion, and there are people out there that like these bands. And yeah, Wonder Years. If they don't clash, fine. Basement, one hundred percent. Motion City soundtrack, one hundred percent. All right, so I've got four one hundred percenters. Four years strong. <sighs> we are the in crowd. No, thank you. Your demise reunion or whatever that is. I don't know what lineup it is. If you're enjoying this and would like to hear <laughs> run through other festival lineups, please let us know. All right, the basically the bottom two lines, three lines, I'll just reel through them all because I, they can all be catered for with one word. Four years strong. We are the in crowd. Your demise. Knuckle puck. Ice nine kills. Jesus. Issues. Bayside. Dream state. Hands like houses. Grayscale. No. So, what is it that's making you think you want to buy tickets straight away? Well, for me, it's some point one, Billy Talent, uh, The Used, Story So Far, Basement, Soundtrack, Biz. <laughs> There's still other bands to be announced. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. I, I, the whole of the Fireball stage. I can I remember whatever year it was that they um, didn't uh, announce that uh, Fireball stage, the, the year that it was... Destin Jake, uh, Bottom Soup, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, Real Big Fish, Goldfinger. Phoenix TX. Yeah, mad. Ataris. Yeah, and, and that was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm done. You know, I, I'll go for that stage alone. Uh, I think the beauty is you don't have to buy straight away. No, no, no. It's a big site. So I don't think it's going to sell out. The only two bands announced for the punk in Drublik stage at the moment are Pennywise and NoFX. I can't see anyone else on that bill who gets on that stage. Yeah. So hopefully there's another five, six bands. Well, I think I think the good thing about Slumdunk as well is those ones further down, isn't it, on the bill that are ones that you maybe wouldn't have chance to see anyway. That get sort of brought along. That are, uh, yeah, I, I think they seal the deal more so than some of the headliners do, which are often bands that you've seen many times before. Yeah. But would like to see again. Well, I've closed up the book of notes. We've not discussed this yet, other than the length of the set, which I was mightily impressed with, actually. Um, let's hear about your evening last night. So, last night, uh, speaking of the Roundhouse, on the last episode, uh, one of my supposed top five favourite venues, even uh -huh. though I'd only been there twice. Uh, I can say, after going there again last night to see uh, Imogen Heap, First time seeing her. That uh, yeah, I I stand by my choice. As a oh, venue. good. That's it's, nice. a, it's a good place. For those of you that know Imogen, will know um, about all of the unusual uh, and unique equipment she has. So a lot of her set is done via these gloves that she wears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which she uses to control like the MIDI patches and things that are on her laptop. Mad, isn't it? The technology yeah. there. I never appreciate that. The reason that she does that is so that she can actually be part of the performance rather than being like sat on her laptop all the time the irony of this I've actually just got to um, do something on my laptop just a minute um, so yeah and uh, sorry about that um, 
which is what Imogen was saying quite a bit, because even though obviously these clubs are incredible and were working for, say, 90% of the evening, yeah. there were occasional points where it just, for you know, reasons but out of any having, control. having seen previous live videos, it, she must have them queued up to... They are. And it's mad and what respond. she does with her hands and what they're responding. Cause From the, what I could tell, they respond to each song. So she basically opens a song within the laptop and then that's got all the settings and then the glove adjusts to each of those songs. But she um, has a different movement for each of the things to happen. Yeah. So yeah. she's got to remember with each song what she does on the glove. And if she just, say, throws a hand the wrong way, she'll just add a random noise yeah. into the set accidentally. And she didn't do that. Like, you know, there was no mistakes Oh, no, I can that. imagine. It's like the sign mis- language, isn't it? Yeah, the mistakes were It's more... like learning a second language. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, but then there was, like, other instruments as well. Like, she's, like, picking up little bells and, like, some great big, um, like, tube that she's spinning around her head. Phenomenal. I, yeah, she, I, she's an artist, isn't she? There was she defines point, the word artist, I think. Definitely, in all um, sense of the word. Yeah. But, there was one point in it where I thought this is the most six music gig I've ever been yeah. to. Because the, the thing is, in her music, like it goes, it's got a real scale. Like some of the songs are really quiet. Like you, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. Other songs, like there was one she's basically playing air guitar for quite a heavy track with the gloves. So she's like strumming with one hand and like doing, I guess, like you know, chords with the other. Incredible. But there was a. Uh, there was five or six of them. So there was like a cello player, yeah, uh, drummer, uh, guitar. So she had a full, yeah, so it was a full band. A full band. Um, and it was with Guy Sigworth, who was part of Fru Fru. Uh, so he was kind of there for most of the set, and they kind of just uh, mixed in the Fru Fru song. So it was. Oh, so they, she, they did do some Fru Fru. Yeah, it was yeah. a real kind of like. It was almost like that sort of evening with format of a show. Yeah, nice. But there was no support. It was just. Well, it should have been two halves, but I think, as I say, the fact that um, they had a few delays. The the most unfortunate bit was she came out with, um, I don't say headdress, but it was like something she had on like around her neck that was like lighting up as she spoke. Uh, and she was supposed to walk out into the audience, like doing this like spoken word piece. And like you'd see her because the thing was lighting up, but it just didn't work. So she actually tried for about, I don't know, five, ten minutes to get it working. Meanwhile, we're just like talking in the audience. Audience. So this kind of was the intermission, and she's just on stage, like just kind of, you know, what well, I just try this and try that. So because, she didn't just leave it then. No, she was determined. To she do got it. OCD, possibly. I don't know. She's just very particular, and obviously she is a real artist, and and I think she wanted it to work, and I, I guess it had worked on other shows. And Roundhouse was like the last. It was basically the last night. Well, it was the last night of the world tour that's been oh, going on wow. for about a year. Um, so I think she was pretty gutted that it so didn't it work. So tired. But the, uh, oh, I don't know if it was... Did she get it working? No, had to give up in the end. Do you think she went off stage and got it working? Straight Just running back, on, running back on. <laughs> it's working now! It's working! Oh, they've gone home! <laughs> <laughs> Just a few diehards still stood there. Where <laughs> she did. She did hide and seek, uh, interestingly, because she did the, um, the music for the Harry Potter musical. Did she? Uh, which is in London at the moment, the um, Cursed Child, I think it's called. Oh, right. So she did, she said, oh, I'm about to do a song from that, uh, which um, is, doesn't have any vocals. I, I was a bit confused by what she said, because then she started doing it, and obviously it's like this instrumental piece, and then she started doing uh, Hide and Seek, the vocals from that, over this other track. So it was a very different rendition of it. 
I think I probably enjoyed it more because you know it's like sometimes where the hit is so big that it almost can't deliver. Yeah, so she didn't play. She didn't do arguably probably her most well-known song for a non-fan in its original form. No. no, interesting. It was essentially a remix of it. Another one that she did that was interesting was. Um, so I don't know, you maybe know about this, but uh, yeah, Ariana Grande is a big Imogen yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had her play at the um, the Manchester Benefit show. Uh, but Ariana's done a cover of an Imogen Heap song on her one of her latest albums. Imogen referenced this before they played this song, which is uh, Good Night and Go. And she said, we're going to do um, a kind of a mashup of both versions. So you've got this weird moment where Imogen Heap is covering a cover of her own song. But Interesting, though, yeah. It was great. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a very different show from probably, you know, 90% of what I would go and see. And just quickly, could you... Because I'm a, 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 what I wanted to ask you was, was there, like, any emotional overriding feelings, sort of as a bit of closure to everything that you've done working alongside, working with Imogen or, or, you know, could you just give a brief explanation of why Imogen Heat might have some meaning to you more than just albums on a, or tracks on an album? Yeah, so there'll be some people done... who don't know. Well, I know it's been explained, but there'll be some people who don't know. We, Tom and I, when we were running St. November, um, which we... was... It's a record label. We license music mostly for limited edition vinyl prints. Um, we did four pressings with her. Uh, two of Speak for Yourself, which was a, obviously a big album. Uh, then the follow-up, um, Ellipse. And she actually approached us about doing a, a double A-side single, seven inch. Happy Song. Uh, yeah, Happy Song, that's right. And uh, Tiny Human. Yeah. which was about her daughter. I think one was about her daughter and then one was for her daughter. Like it was like a kid's song. Um, all of that still is the most bloody surreal thing that's probably happened to me, even more so than working with my all-time favourite band because Imogen was such a big name uh, and those who know her, you know... And she... The idea of a cult following. Yeah. Christ, her fans are... Yeah, definitely. In in deep, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, we weren't... Because um, the first person sold out almost in pre-sales, didn't it? Uh, well, do you know what? Me and and now it goes about, for silly money on Discogs. Me and Tom were talking about this last night. I don't think any of our pressings sold out that quickly. There were times when we sold a lot more, but I think because we were uh, doing things the way we were, sometimes it would take a while to get the word out to, to fans. Um but it, it certainly sold a lot and obviously extended to a second pressing that we did. Yeah. Uh, and it still gets pressed now by other companies so because the demand's still there. Uh, we went to have a look at the merch desk to see what they had and they had uh, ellipse on vinyl. Now, initial assumption was, oh, it's a, a new pressing. Uh, maybe it's the people that are now doing the pressings of Speak for Yourself. Um, so I was like, well, I don't, I don't remember hearing about one. But I also don't remember like giving them a huge amount of stock. Yeah. yeah. So then I noticed that the the inside of the gatefold, which they had sort of partially on show, I was like, that's what we did for our gatefold. And we never shared that artwork for anyone. So we asked whether we could have a look. Uh, And the the lady that was doing the merch obviously obliged and gave us a copy to look at. 
um, we're just looking at the back of it to see our logos on the back. On it. So it is actually being sold in the roundhouse. Yeah, it's actually on. So she has. She's got some stock left. Yeah, I think Tom worked out that we'd maybe given them. I don't know, double figures, like maybe twenty. You know. Uh, and perhaps they'd just been sat on them for a while and just decided to bring them along for that show. But it they was so could strange. They have been in a storage thing. In yeah, the UK. there was some old. Uh, there was an old DVD release that was there as well, uh, yeah. which maybe they just had a few left over. Um, yeah, because you'd be. But by the end of the night, they were gone. That was that was it. That was the. I think there was one. There was one sleeve that was on display, but they oh, had. Wow. So they definitely sold. That's cool. Um, and we posted something on Instagram today, just saying, "Hey, look, it's our uh, pressing," and a bunch of people are still messaging us saying, "You know, can you?" Hook us up if you still got any, uh, which we don't, I, I believe, uh, other than a few personal copies. Um, so that was quite strange. But in terms of like closure overall, it just still seems so surreal. Because we should say that Saint November, as a, is on an indefinite hiatus. <laughs> well, you're not you're not doing vinyl anymore, are we're, you? We're not. Um, we're not doing anything. It's just inactive. So yeah. yeah. Um, and that's how I like it, you know, you could always do something else. But uh, yeah, I, I, there wasn't a point where I was like, you know, I feel like a, you know. Did you have circle. a toast with with Clark and say, well done, mate? Well, you know, I nicked well, the first, no, well, nicked well the first drink, maybe, in the, you know, our second drinks on the intermission, but it never happened. So, Did uh, you stay over then? No, I drove back. Oh, right. Um, so you, you had one. I had a Coke, if you... Oh, right. <laughs> like, um... Not but yeah, it was a really great gig and I'm so glad I went because it almost didn't happen. Uh, it was worth the drive up. Uh, what time did you leave? Traffic, uh, to come back. No, or to go up. To go up. Sort of mid-afternoon. But oh, yeah. inevitably on a Friday there's always an accident. And, yeah. Uh, it's pissing it down. So yeah, it was a bit of a shit journey. Because um, I've got a gig yeah, coming traffic. up on a Friday and yeah. I'm wondering whether to take half a day for it. Yeah, leave earlier. Yeah. That's the that's advice. Future, future heads at Electric Ballroom playing the whole of the first album in, in its entirety. What uh, what date's that? The 6th. Okay, so maybe by the time we do the next open mics, you'll be able to report back on that. Yeah, quite possibly. And what else have we got? Um, we've A. Got A uh, the Monkey Kong tour. Album show. Yeah. Um, Pup I've got. With Slot Face, which I'm very jealous about. Yeah, we never... and. We never booked Feeder, did we? No. Pyramid that. sold out, and I think both Roundhouse dates are sold out. Yeah, Roundhouse is next weekend, isn't it? I think they're both sold out. Otherwise, I'd jump on it and say, let's just bomb up. But I, th- I think they're both sold out. I don't know I don't know why we didn't book tickets quick enough. I think that was a bit miscommunication, but oh well. They'll tour again early next year. I know they will. I can't confirm it, but <laughs> they just will. If you're on the back of that, and an album, an album tour run normally lasts over a year, so... They're pretty active. I think so. I mean, they did when they uh, toured All Bright Electric. I hope I'm saying that right because I've said it twice tonight. No, no I think you're all right. Um, there was the two pl- legs of the tour, wasn't there? The Wasp on the front cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There were two legs of that tour because I saw both and I think I saw one of them with you. So I can imagine a Southampton Guild Hall date or yeah, something. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Quite possibly. Uh, well, I think we're almost at the end of the show. Uh, anything else? You got any uh, golfing a goss? No, I'll leave that. We'll do it on the next open mic. Really? How long are we? Uh, we're about an hour. Um, I don't like to bore people. I can go on about Goldfinger all the time. Oh, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> what? You know, you know, you uh, you've often listened to a bunch of music podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I never 
have yeah <laughs> and you're always telling me about the highlights from various things and i do want to listen to that jimmy Eat world one uh on uh, life in the stocks really. yeah that was life um, in the stocks i listened to a really good podcast the other day and it is mostly music related uh with kate nash uh and it was mark maron uh or maron i don't know how, quite how you pronounce it uh who she's in glow the netflix show with uh, and he was talking to her about her music career. Now he he knows nothing about her really. He's an American guy. His podcast is into like a thousand episodes. She's an actress now then. Yeah, so she's in this show Glow. Oh, right. But um, so he's asking her because he really doesn't know much about her music career. Um, and obviously she's much bigger in the UK than she is US music wise. Uh, fascinating. I mean, Kate Nash isn't somebody musically that I've followed at all. Uh, a couple of things that I've heard by her, I, I don't mind, but. I probably, even having listened to this podcast, I'm not sure I would delve that deeply into her music. But there is a documentary that she's made that covers a lot of stuff she talked about in the show. It is fascinating what happened to her in terms of... Because there was a point... That first album that she put out was like number one and uh, was a huge success. Yeah. And how her career went after that in terms of uh, bad decisions with management and um, being ripped off... And it basically came to a point, without spoiling the podcast for anyone, uh, where she had no money to her name. She had to sell her only asset, which was a house in London, to pay off some debts, uh, which I think a lot of it was um, uh, like lawyers' fees and stuff, where there's this big money dispute. And she was oh, back Christ. to zero, had to move back into her with, 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 her, with her parents. This only like a couple of years ago. Uh, and it was just by chance that she got this audition for the show Glow that she even has a career at all. But it was a really fascinating. I mean, I've I've always said like music documentaries. Quite often, I've got no interest in. I mean, one of the most interesting docs I've I've ever seen was the Chaz and Dave one. <laughs> I can't imagine me listening to a Chaz and Dave. We could one. always do an episode on that. Yeah, maybe we should do one on music documentaries. But... I've suggested this, <laughs> and you said, "Why would I waste my time when I could watch Glow?" I said that about one. No, I said about the Metallica one. I don't want to watch the whole of it. I'm, I'm saying yeah, like to the Metallica one could make a bloody funny episode because that that right, uh, some you might kind convince of me. or the Guns and Roses one. There'll be a few where we could just we could have a special guest, and one of us doesn't watch it, and the special guest or someone. And the other person ref- try and sell it to that person, maybe. That- uh, well, this, the next time you can try and sell me the Metallica one. I'll have to watch it again. There's just so oh, much okay, to Okay, I done. won't subject you to that. Um, funny enough, one of the last years I went to um, Reading, Kate Nash was headlining the Festival Republic stage. Yeah, so she kind of got to that point, hadn't she, where she could still pull a crowd at a festival, yeah, yeah. but probably on no a headline money. of a bigger stage. Mad. Smaller stage, rather. Yeah, I can't say it was... I th- I think at the time when Lemons or whatever it was called came out and I seem to recall saying she's taking a decent band's spot. <laughs> I seem to think I got quite bitter, which is ironic. Yeah, that's the line, isn't it? So I mean, like, um, you must be bitter. You've had so many lemons. I swear I used to say about Canada Water, like, oh, Kate Nash, is, <laughs> she's taken a, a slot that we could have. No, fascinating. She's. Uh, oh, right. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. I'll, you'll have to. Well, WhatsApp me, Mark. We'll put it up as a link and say, really good episode. It was awesome. He might retweet it. <laughs> <laughs> He's interviewed Barack Obama, so. Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. Well, just quickly then, um, if you like 
the stuff behind the scenes. This is Goldfinger, is it? Yeah, Have yes. you got a jingle for this? No, no, Come no. on, I did a jingle for Top 5. You didn't do one for Kate Nash. Well, no, but <laughs> this is a regular feature. Come on. Um, well, no, he's just he was, an, he was a guest on a podcast called And The Writer Is. This is John Feldman. John Feldman. Uh, the podcast is called And The Writer Is. But he's the guy's interviewed loads of people, but I'll leave you with one thing that he said. When he was 25... He signed a publishing deal with a company for £10,000 for 25 years. Wow. He's only just got out of it because it was going to cost too much to get him out of it. So he now owns his back catalogue finally. So hopefully that might mean some pressings on vinyl of Goldfinger. Okay. Because at the moment, Hang Ups and Knife... um, What's... what's The Knife. The Knife. The latest album, yeah. Yeah. Are the only ones and The Knife is with a different things so okay Just i think he self-released that possibly right but that'd be cool i'm yeah. hoping i'm gonna badger him and say look can you go about r- r- doing some eyes. yeah at stomping ground open your eyes hang-ups let's have a repressing of hang-ups and the first album speaking of uh of vinyl there's a boston's jackknife uh repressing isn't there yeah what color is it uh i want to say green do you want to do a show and tell mate Two show and tells in one episode. Mine's the green one. Oh, all right, okay. Well, I don't know what this one is. Then. That's lovely. Paid, paid 30 bingers for that, though. It's pretty good. 30 quid. Yeah, eBay. You might, the thing is, I think if you bought this one, which I think is only a US uh, store release, you probably end up paying more than 30 quid. So. To get it shipped. Yeah. I'm holding out for, let's face it, on vinyl. I can't find that anywhere. you got the cassette, though, haven't you? Yeah, i got the cassette. £2.50. Yeah. <laughs> It's the best thing about show and tell is it's actually just to give you a bit of context. It's all behind Ed where he's. Oh no! Sat. Take a photo. We'll put it on our live. Yeah. Okay. That'd be uh, all right. Inception start. So oh. if you're uh, if you're listening, you'll know that this is what it was. Smile. I, okay, I did. I did do the photo, but if you want to do another one, I well, think this is the second one better. I think this wins the prize for our most rambly episode ever. But still, in the spirit of the show. I'm quite happy with that. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Open mics is what it is. Some love it, some hate it. I, I thought you were going to... No. <laughs> it's like a like an open mic night. You're going to have some acts you like, some you don't. I think most open mic nights I've ever been to, which probably isn't many, I've probably walked around, uh, walked away thinking, what the fuck was that? Yeah, and uh, if any I've... of you are thinking that right now, then... We've achieved the effect we were going for. Yeah. Walk away and enjoy the next episode. It's a good night from me. I told you we don't do two <laughs> runnies. <laughs> Edward, where can the good people find you on the internet? Uh, the run with Ed. Just stick with Run With Ed. Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And I am at Liam Toms. Uh, if you want to hear our bonus episode, you've still got a chance to. I think I'm probably going to replace that with a new one soon, so get on to the main list. It's at twotrackmind.uk. Uh, and we're off now to record another show, which uh, is a new show, and you'll hear it soon. So keep an eye on the feed. We'll be back. Thanks. Bye-bye.